Live from the Marvel Cinematic Universe, it's the Dockiverse Podcast. Episode number 32, Doris the Exploding Bicycle. On this episode, we've got another monster movie review. We've got the very first room of the five-room dungeon. We have three more RPG prompts. And, of course, we have commentary. And we'll start the show just as soon as I figure out what happens if I snap my fingers while I'm wearing this gauntlet. Hello there, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast, episode number 32 this time. I hope you all had a good weekend. Mine was pretty good. Didn't do any gaming, but uh, oh, I took my dog to get her bathed and get her nails trimmed. and Then I did a little work in the garden because it's finally cooled down to reasonable temperatures. We were hitting 105, 106 degrees a couple days last week. No fun there. This episode will get underway, but first I want to talk about the two games that I am going to run at Dundercon, hopefully, if my games are accepted, and I don't see why they won't be. The first one is, of course, my annual Friday night, 8 o'clock to midnight tune game. This year, the title is Dogs vs. Cats, and that's it. Just Dogs vs. Cats. Five players on one side are going to be dogs, five players on the other side are going to be cats, and, of course, there will be Cartoon Mayhem. The other game I'm hoping to run will be a D&D 5th edition game. The players will be playing 3rd level characters. The title of the adventure is Put It Back. And the reason they want to put it back is because the stuff they just stole from the Royal Museum is cursed. And an evil spirit appears, tells them, okay, you're all minorly cursed right now. But if you don't get this stuff back to where it was found, not the museum, where it was found, there's going to be a big-time curse, and you're not going to like it. So the players will be starting out as third-level characters, each of them with a minor curse. Could be something that affects combat. Could be something that makes their magic go screwy. Who knows? And they have to get this magical MacGuffin back to the tomb where it was found and put it back in a place where it's supposed to be, fighting monsters, bad guys, and being pursued by, essentially, the cops. So, it should be a fun game. Um, Other things I hope to do at Dundercon are play a lot of board games, because I haven't played Jack as far as board games, even though we've been in the pandemic, because Grace has been so busy, and she doesn't play board games or games much anymore anyway. And, of course, I couldn't hang out with people and play things for quite a while. And now, before we start things up, as always, I thank my wonderful, wonderful patrons over on Patreon. They pay the bills here at the podcast, and they did it for the blog before that. And, by the way, there's new stuff coming to the blog. I just put up one of my dog Sasha's rants the other day, and there's another one coming up, uh, I think, tomorrow. Thank you, David. Thank you, Avis. Thank you, Bruce. Thank you, James. Thank you, Marion. And thank you, Mark. I know at least one of the people on that list is on their way to Gen Con. And I hope they have a safe trip and everything goes well. And, you know, I hope the con is a good one. 
We are moving on now to the monster movie review. And this time around, it's the movie review I really should have done last time to follow up The Amazing Colossal Man. Because this, in fact, is a sequel. Although it was never billed as a sequel, but it had completely different actors. The movie is War of the Colossal Beast. It's a 1958 black and white science fiction film written, produced, and directed by Bird Eye Gordon, who did the first one. And it stars Dean Parkin, Sally Fraser, and Roger Pace. And like I said, it's a sequel to The Amazing Colossal Man, but they never called it a sequel. It wasn't marketed as a sequel, but, you know, anybody watching was there, oh yeah, it's a sequel. It was originally released as part of a double feature with The Attack of the Puppet People, which was about little tiny people, and we'll get around to one of those sometime. Uh, the movie is, like I say, it's a sequel, and it's kind of strange in that it introduces a sister that Colonel Glenn Manning had that never was mentioned in the first movie, and she hears about a bunch of recent robberies of food delivery trucks in Mexico, and somehow makes the leap of whatever to thinking that, well, hey, if food trucks are missing and they're, you know, carrying big amounts of food, maybe my giant brother is still alive and eating that stuff. And actually, that's true. He's down there in Mexico. He's brain damaged. His face has been disfigured because he fell off a dam at the end of the first movie. And they go down with a couple of military men and a scientist. And by golly, there he is. He's got just a messed up face. And he's completely brain damaged, can't speak or anything. But they manage to catch him, drug him, bring him back to Los Angeles. And I think you can guess what happens next. Yes, he gets loose and he raises hell. And, you know, it's a, not a bad movie. It's it's not as good as the first one. I don't think the special effects are quite the same. But it's not, not a bad movie. And if you can watch them back to back, that's a good way to go. The movie, although it was filmed in black and white, has a little bit of color right at the very end. Which was done for effect. And I'm not going to tell you what it was, but if you've seen the movie, you know. Now, as I said before, this movie, because it uses the makeup, and it used the makeup to cover up the fact that it wasn't the same guy playing the Colossal Man. And that was really important that they use that makeup because there's a scene in the movie where it's a flashback to Colonel Manning being exposed to the blast. and. That was a different actor. But then Bert I. Gordon, who never saw a dollar he couldn't squeeze tight, used the very same makeup and the very same actor to play in another giant creature movie, which we'll review next Monday, called The Cyclops. Same guy, same makeup, different movie, actually worse special effects. But uh, yeah. If you get a chance to see War of the Colossal Beast, go ahead and do it. Now, we move on to the five-room dungeon, the little dungeon of Frindor. Last time, I left you all hanging because we got down to the entrance to the dungeon, the actual door that leads into the dungeon, and I didn't tell you what the Guardian was like, so now we'll get to that. 
it's a great big, and I'm talking cow-sized, robot spider. It's very steampunky looking. It can shoot webs. It can spray poison. It can attack with four limbs. It can bite. And it should be pretty tough. Enough, tough enough to give your party a workout regardless of what level you have them. They should be able to defeat it, but it should knock the crap out of them. Once they do defeat it, if they want to take it apart and see what they can loot from it, they'll probably find that inside some of the workings actually had, you know, jewels in there, diamonds, things like that, to just like watches and clocks used to have. I don't know if they still do. So they can disassemble it, whatever they want. Then they get to the door. The door itself has two locks. Um, either one should be fairly easy for the thief and your party to pick. There are no traps unless you want to put one in there. And then they open that door, and there's a long hallway. And when they go down that, they will get to room number two. And we'll cover that next time. Alrighty, folks, we are on to RPG prompts, as we do every episode, for at least the next few episodes. And our very first prompt is Lost. And things, people, characters, whatever being lost, always seems to be a big part of, especially fantasy adventures, but it can be part of anything. I've had, I played in cyberpunk adventures where we were looking for something that was lost. I've played in a lot of pulp adventures that were based on a lost civilization or a lost heiress or something who went out in the boonies to explore something, and now you got to go find her. Characters get lost all the time, partly because GMs are crafty bastards. So, yeah, being lost, that's going to happen in games and make some fun. The next thing we come to, the next prompt, is rest. And rest is necessary if your characters are going to get back their hit points, you know, in D&D now. You got a short rest, you got a long rest. I play by the rules with it, where you get all your hit points back and all your damage healed after a long rest. But it does kind of stick in my craw, and I may start changing that a little bit. Um, rest is good. Rest can be interrupted. In fact, in my D&D and pizza group, they got their rest interrupted all the time because whoever is on watch in my games has to roll for what happens every hour that they're on watch. So if they do each do a two-hour watch, you know, for instance, Ravenna, our party's thief, who is known for rolling badly during her watch, she might roll the first time and roll a one, which means it's so boring she almost falls asleep. But then she rolls a 17, which means shit is happening, and usually something bad. And maybe a golem comes rushing out of the forest towards them, and everybody has to wake up and fight. So, yeah, rest can and probably should be interrupted every so often. And if they don't get enough rest, for whatever reason, you should probably make them tired. Give them disadvantage on rolls, whatever. Our third prompt is forest. And forests are a big thing, especially in fantasy. Forests often figure in pulp, too. Although, more often than not, it's not a 
temperate forest. It's usually a jungle, tropical rainforest. There can be forests on alien planets, things like that. And forests sometimes are very tough for the characters to get through, and sometimes they're not so tough. I tend to lean towards any forest near civilization not being all that tough. But if you get out in the boondocks, the forest gets very tough. There's a lot of things out there that want to sting you, bite you, eat you, chase you off, turn you into something. There are people living in forests who may not want you there. So forests can be fun, especially for the game master. Now it's time to move on to commentary. And this time in commentary, get a little personal. We're going to talk about writing and me. I write a lot. I write things on social media, both real and fictional. I've written game products. I've written reviews. I've written thousands of blog posts. And I write not so much for other people, unless I'm getting paid to, but I write for myself. I find writing to be often very easy, but sometimes crushingly hard. It really depends on what I'm writing, and it really depends on my mood. Sometimes I get worked up and the words just flow and the ideas come, and sometimes I start writing and all of a sudden everything's gone. You know, you're staring at the screen going, okay, what next? And your brain is saying, oh, writing's a lot of fun and a lot of work. And I kind of encourage people to write if they can. Even if you don't write anything major, even if you're not writing for a job or earn money, just write. You'll find that the more you write, the better you get at it. And you can have a lot of fun. I have down the road a few months some projects that I probably really ought to start writing on because some of them do involve me getting paid, should I submit them. And there's also NaNoWriMo, the National Novel Writing Month, that starts and runs the entire month of November. I'm thinking about dipping my toes back into that. Yeah, I'm still writing. I took a break from the blog to do this podcast, and now I'm trying to get back to doing both. And we'll see how that works. All right, folks, that is the end of this episode. And as always, I thank you for listening. If you have any suggestions, comments, or questions, I can be reached on Facebook, where I'm Doc Cross, on WordPress at the Docverse blog, via email at agentroscoe at gmail.com, or if you're listening via Anchor, you can leave a voicemail. If you'd like to support me via Patreon and hear these podcasts a couple of weeks before they go up on Anchor, and get some PDFs, listen to a mini-podcast, hey, just go over to www.patreon.com forward slash Doc Cross, sign up for as little as a buck a month, I will appreciate it, and you get some cool stuff. If you'd like to sponsor this podcast, or advertise on it, or just give me money because that's the sort of thing you do, get in touch with me by any of the methods I just mentioned, and we'll work something out. Our intro music for this month is Boogie Woogie Bed by Jason Shaw, off of Audionautics.com. 
This podcast and everything on it except the music is, in fact, copyright 2021 by me, Doc Cross. Thank you for listening, and I will see you next episode.